Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, it's Andy McDonald's here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Programme. Arsenal versus Olympiacos, Thursday, March the 18th, 2021. Kickoff 5:55 p.m. The contents: the manager Mikel Arteta, the captain Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, voice of Arsenal. Match action: Olympiacos versus Arsenal. Arsenal history: forward Arsenal. Visitors: Olympiacos. Match action. Arsenal vs Tottenham Hotspur My Story Academy Arsenal Women and Teams Manager's Notes Mikel Arteta We were the better side, were really dominant for big periods and we really deserved the win on Sunday in the derby. Apart from the last 10 minutes, I think we were outstanding. To play against that level that Spurs have, to create the number of situations and chances that we did, to be as aggressive as we were to regain the ball and play with that personality we showed, it was great. Don't forget that we had a quick turnaround from the last game in Greece on Thursday as well. So to show that sort of commitment and energy was really pleasing. And for that, I want to give credit to all the staff. The backroom staff did incredible work to turn us around in two days' time to be ready for that game. Everybody was physically ready and mentally ready to be able to compete at the level that was required to beat Spurs. So I'm delighted for that and very thankful as well. We started the game really strongly, played in the opposition's half and looked dangerous. So it was a shock to us when Lamela scored. After that we had to react and obviously it's not easy mentally when you feel that you should be winning already. But I loved the way the team reacted with the courage they continued to play with, the belief that I was sensing from the touchline. I have to say though that in the last 10 minutes we were terrible. The way we managed the game with an extra player on the pitch was really poor. We put ourselves in big trouble and maybe we should have conceded a goal. After the red card, we should have 200 passes in the opponent's half, give the ball and attack in the right moment. So it's something to improve on, because in Europe, if we can do that, we're out. No question. It's a big lesson, but it's great to get those lessons when you're winning. But let's look at the positives. I think Emil had a magnificent performance again, for example. 
He showed not only quality, but his personality, his intelligence on the pitch, his energy. He gives us something different. In a derby, you always need some individual performances, and for sure he gave us one. I could pick out many players, though. Martin Odegaard is another one. He's got real stamina, and he's so talented, but his work rate is incredible. Not only that, he's intelligent too. Timing of his runs, when he presses, his body shape. I'm really impressed and he had an incredible performance on Sunday. He's giving us something different and it's making us better. So hopefully that win will increase the level of confidence in the team and the belief that we can play really well against any opponent. That we can beat big teams as well and to maintain this together with the same belief. We know that we have to put together four or five wins in a row to give ourselves any chance of looking up in the table, but we are ready for a fight. So let's keep that momentum going, because we have got another huge game tonight. We worked hard to get ourselves into a good position in this tie last week in Greece, so we can't let that work go to waste today. Mo's goal could prove to be really valuable, but we are only halfway through the tie, and in this competition, against this level of opponent, we know anything can happen. So we have to be very prepared. Go into the game at nil-nil, go and win it at the Emirates. That will be enough to get us through, so that's how we approach it. The schedule is really complicated at the moment with the amount of games we are playing, the circumstances, context, how difficult it's been for everybody this season in general. But we've found a level of consistency in our performances since Christmas and that needs to continue. You can't do that if you relax for a second or drop the commitment. Then the better the performances we deliver, the better our results will be. If we can keep dominating the majority of games, we will be rewarded, but only if you don't commit big errors in the games. The first leg of this tie is our warning for that. On Orba, all there is to say is I made the decision to leave him out for failing to follow our matchday protocol, and that's it. He's a key member of our squad, an important player for us, and we're now all focused on tonight's match. Finally, I want to add that we are really missing you all here at the stadium every match day, but especially at the weekend. It was my first North London derby as manager here at the Emirates, and obviously I regret that we didn't have the fans here with us. I know what you can add to the players, and I'm excited to see how much we can grow as a team and a club when we're all together again. It wasn't the same without you here on Sunday, but hopefully you could all enjoy it from home, and we want to give you more to cheer about tonight. Captain's Notes, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang The boys were fantastic on Sunday. From the start we were the better team, created chances, were always dangerous and we deserved the three points. We could have scored two or three by the time Tottenham took the lead, so that was really tough to take. When you suddenly find yourself behind in a game that you have dominated, it can be hard to deal with and you have to be really strong to keep playing your game. That's exactly what the guys did though. They were patient, determined and we kept running at them, getting behind the defence. I spoke about Martin Odegaard in my programme notes for that game and he keeps improving and looking at home in this side. He scored a brilliant goal in Greece last week and now he's got what everyone wants, a goal against our local neighbours. He deserved it. He worked so hard. We all know he's got goals in his game so now he has got a couple. I'm sure he will keep getting more for us. He's so clever, 
He knows when to arrive in the box and we know we have players from wide who can deliver quality, like Kieran did for the first goal. He was so dangerous again for us on Sunday. It's like having another forward. And did anyone really have any doubt when Lacker stepped up for the penalty? I didn't. He's so cool in those situations. And he loves scoring in the derby too. I think it was a clear penalty. And the referee did too, which is all that matters. You see fouls like that elsewhere on the pitch and it's always a free kick. It's true that we suffered a bit in the last 10 or 15 minutes but as I said, we deserved the win, so everyone was so pleased at the end to get the three points. I felt the nerves in those last few minutes, I must admit, but I think that's the same for everyone watching. There were some close, close moments for us at the end. What a block that was by Gabrielle too, by the way. On my own situation, I've spoken with the boss and it's all done now. We move on. I'm focused on the next game. And it's a big one for us. We fought so hard last Thursday to get in this position. So now it's time to finish the job. There is still work to do. We know all about what happened against them last season. We were in a strong position then after the first leg that time. But we didn't kill them off and we got punished badly for it. That affected us badly. It was a tough one to take. We thought we were through. Then it was taken away. For me as well, it was so painful to lose that game. We can't let that happen again. We have to use our advantage, be wary of the opposition. But let's play our game, go for the win and we'll be through. The competition is reaching the crucial stages. We've been here before in the Europa League and we know that any team left in it at this stage can hurt you. We've built some momentum though. Now we want to continue that for the last couple of months of the season. The first leg against Olympiakos illustrated what we are capable of, showing character to come back after a mistake. But we've also spoken together as a team about cutting out those mistakes, taking the clever decisions on the pitch, and not giving any help at all to the opposition. When we can do that, we know how strong we are. It's down to us. We have to be difficult to beat. Don't give away gifts. Especially here at home, this is our fortress. And while it's true that we miss our fans here, we have to keep it a difficult place for teams to visit. We can do that with how we approach the games. Thanks for all your support. Keep cheering us on from home and hopefully we'll have another quarterfinal to look forward to after the game tonight. The voice of Arsenal. Draw for the next round. The winners of this round 16 tie will go into the quarter-final draw, which takes place tomorrow in Neon, Switzerland, at midday UK time. The two-legged quarter-final games will take place on April 8th and April 15th. For this draw, there is no seeding or country protection. The draw for the semi-final will also take place tomorrow, and again, there will be no seeding or country protection. The two-legged semi-final will take place on April 29th and May the 6th. There will also be a draw to determine the home side for the final and administration reasons. This final will be played on Wednesday, May the 26th in Poland. Martin's Milestone 
Martin Orgar became Arsenal's 128th goal scorer in Premier League football when he equalised for the Gunners against Tottenham on Sunday. The midfielder capped a superb performance with the goal in his first North London derby and was thrilled to have played a big part in such a crucial match for the club. It was a dream come true and also it was a big win in the derby so I'm really happy for the team, he said. After the match, this was all our fans and I hope... They are happy with us today. I think we dominated the game from the start. After the red card, the game changed a little bit. It was a bit strange until that moment. I think we dominated the game completely and fully deserved to win and should have scored more goals. And Martin's manager, Mikael Arteta, was delighted with the Norwegian's contribution, which was much more than just his goal. He's got a real stamina and he's so talented, but his work rate is incredible, said Mikel after the win. Not only that, he's intelligent. The timing of his runs when he passes, his body shape, I'm really impressed. And he had an incredible performance today. He's given us something different and it's about making us better. I was two goals in two games for Martin, who became our 34th ever goal scorer in the Europa League after his long-range blockbuster against Benfica. Gabriel became number 35 shortly afterwards. Congratulations to Eddie and Emil. Eddie and Emel Smithrow have been selected for England's under-21 squad in the Euro finals group stage next week. The 23-strong squad head to Slovenia to play games against Croatia, Portugal and Switzerland in their group, with two of the four progressing to the summer's knockout stage. Ali Boothroy's Young Lions will be appearing in the eighth record successive under-21 Euro finals. They've only made it out of the group stage on three occasions and have yet to win the competition. All England matches will be televised by Sky Sports and played on the following times. Thursday the 25th of March, 2pm. England versus Switzerland at Cooper. Sunday, March 28th, 8pm. Portugal versus England. Wednesday, March 31st, 5pm. Croatia versus England. Group stages will be played behind closed doors, although UEFA has yet to decide whether the lockout stages can include crowds. It's a special achievement for 20-year-old Emil, who has not been selected for Boothby's team previously, although the forward has impressed for the country. Although the years playing at under 16, 17, 18, 19 and under 20 levels. Eddie, by contrast, has great experience with the under 21s, having played 12 times, during which time he has scored 14 goals, making him the all-time leading goalscorer at this level for his country. Congratulations on your selection, lads. Notice board. Happy 70th birthday to John Robinson. Lots of love from Jill, John, Marie and all the family. Arsenal remembers. David Dave Alan Martin. April 23rd, 1937 to January 27th, 2021. Beloved husband to Mary, adored by the family and sadly missed by children Lisa, Tina and Nicola. We love you, Dad, and we won't be the same without you. You were taken too soon, but now you're at peace. Harry Lester, a long-life gooner and an all-round lovely guy, will be missed by all at Folkestone Invicta Football Club. Away goals rule in place. Away goals count double in the event of an aggregate draw in the Europa League. 
meaning Olympiacos need to score at least three times tonight to go through. If today's games ends in a 3-1 victory for the visitors, two 15-minute periods of extra time will ensue. With away goals counting double during extra time too. If no goals are scored, penalty kicks will be taken to determine the winner of the tie. Five subs. A reminder that all Europa League games allow for five subs to be used, as opposed to the maximum of three in the Premier League. In Arsenal's nine Europa League games this season, Arteta has utilised all five substitutes in six matches, including all three games in the knockout stages, and opted for a change four players in the other three fixtures. 1-0 down, 2-1 up. Our victory over Tottenham on Sunday was the 100th 2-1 win we've recorded in the Premier League. That makes it our third most popular winning scoreline in the competition's history, after 1-0 114 times and 2-0 103. Our first 2-1 win came after our fifth Premier League win at home to Sheffield Wednesday on August 1992. It was our first 2-1 win over Spurs in the Premier League since Nicholas Bentner headed the winner at the Emirates in December 2007 and our fifth win by that scoreline over them in the Premier League history. The result also means that we're unbeaten in the last 10 Premier League games against Spurs, six wins, four draws, whilst Arteta is the third consecutive Gunners boss to win his first home league meeting with Spurs following Arsene Wenger and Unai Emery. Our next programme. When we play at home against Liverpool on Sunday, April the 4th, the matchday programme will be a very special theme. With the game falling just four days after we commemorate the 20th year anniversary of the tragic death of David Rowcastle, we are including the people who were closest to our legendary number seven in the production of the programme. The Rowcastle family wife Janet and their children Melissa, Ryan and Monique will be guest editors of the issue and a number of Davies' former teammates and friends will be contributing to that programme. We know that Davies' memory still burns bright at the Arsenal supporters' minds and indeed the younger fans who didn't see David play have also embraced his legacy and what represents to our football club. We hope readers will appreciate this special issue, celebrating the life of an extraordinary footballer, father, husband and friend. Ref Watch. This evening's officiating team are all from Spain. The referee is Carlos de Sela Grandi, who is 45-year-old from Madrid. He's a very experienced official. He's been the Liga ref since 2011 and is in his fifth season officiating the Europa League. He's also refereed Champions League matches 2018-19. Carlos has yet to officiate a match involving Arsenal. as the referee for Olympiacos 4-0 Champions League playoff with Krakakor on August 21st, 2019. Fixture changes. Two of our forthcoming Premier League matches have been rescheduled as a result of TV selections. Arsenal versus Liverpool, Sunday the 4th of April, originally Saturday, April the 3rd, kick-off 4.30. Live on Sky Sports. This match is subject to change, dependent upon the participation of Premier League clubs in the Champions League the following Tuesday. Sheffield United versus Arsenal. Sunday, April the 11th, 2021. Originally Saturday, April the 10th. Kick-off, 7pm. And that's live on BT Sport. (laughs) 
Europa League round of 16 first leg. 8pm Thursday, March 11th, Georgios Karaskakis Stadium. Olympiakos 1, Arsenal 3. First half. We came flying out of the block and within two minutes we had created our first chance as Kieran Tierney picked out Martin Odegaard but the Norwegian didn't make clean contact and dragged his shot wide. Not long afterwards, we were back on the attack again, this time with Hector Bellerin on the four as he picked out Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang with a pinpoint cross, only for our captain's header to be brilliantly saved by Jose Sarr. Finally, we did make a breakthrough ten minutes before the interval and in some style as Bellerin's high press won the ball back and Odegaard collected it 25 yards out and unleashed a fierce drive that flew into the roof of the net. Second half. We continued to press after the interval, but despite staying well on top, we gave away our advantage just before the hour mark with another self-inflicted wound, as Danny Caballos got caught playing out, Youssef El Arabi stole it off him and curled it in. But just when the game seemed to be heading for a draw, Gabriel rose highest in the host's area to put us in front with a powerful, looping header back across goal. Mohamed El Naini then wrapped up the scoring with just his fourth goal for the club, picking up the ball in midfield and charging at a backpedalling defence before finding the corner with a fine drive. Swedes last 16. Football historian John Sperling looks at four memorable last 16 European ties involving the Gunners. European Cup Winners' Cup Leg 1, October 20, 1993. Arsenal vs Standard Liège. Arsenal 3, scored by Wright 2 and Merson. Standard Liège 0. Leg 2, November 3, 1993. Standard Liège 0. Arsenal, 7, scored by Smith, Sully, Adams, Merson, Campbell, 2, and McGoldrick. Prior to the first leg of the Cup Winners' Cup last 16 clash at Highbury, Standard Liège manager Harry Hahn, a star of Holland's wonderfully creative teams in the 1970s, cast aspersions on Arsenal's attacking prowess, suggesting their style of play was a tad agricultural. Ninety minutes later, Harm was rendered almost speechless at the post-match press conference after Ian Wright's stealthy header and crafty chip and Paul Merson's masterfully curled free kick gave Arsenal a 3-0 victory in N5. A large travelling contingent headed to Belgium for the return leg a fortnight later, and Alan Smith's early goal not only settled the tie but also silenced the Belgian Umpar band, which had been making a fine racket inside the starred Maurice Dufresne. Arsenal proceeded to run riot, with Kevin Campbell scoring twice, and Paul Merson, Ian Sully, Tony Adams and Paul Merson also on the score sheet. The finest strike of the night came from Gunners winger Eddie McGoldrick. The Republic of Ireland international powered forward and unleashed a cracker from a Paul Merson pass to make it 7-0 on the night and give Arsenal, en route to winning the competition, a 10-0 aggregate win. A demoralised Ariham was sacked shortly afterwards. Europa League, leg 1, March the 8th, 2018. 
AC Milan versus Arsenal. AC Milan nil, Arsenal two. Scored by Mkhitaryan and Ramsey. Leg two, March the fifteenth, twenty eighteen. Arsenal three, scored by Welbeck, Schalke and Welbeck. AC Milan one, scored by Callan Noglu. The choreography of AC Milan supporters prior to kick-off on the famous Curvasud Terrace was a sight to behold prior to kick-off at the San Siro Stadium, but so was Henrik Mkhitaryan's explosive finish from a Mesut pass to give Arsenal a deserved first-half lead in the Europa League clash. Another Ozil slide-rule pass saw Aaron Ramsey round the Milan keeper to put Arsenal 2-0 up on the cusp of half-time, and the score remained that way despite constant second-half pressure. At Emirates Stadium seven days later, with coach Gennaro Gattuso's withering criticism of this Milan side performance still ringing in the players' ears, his reinvigorated side took a first-half lead, thanks to Kalanoglu's long-range effort, before Danny Welbeck slotted home a penalty, which incensed Milan players. With their nerves settled, Arsenal pushed forward in the second half. Granit Xhaka's shot squirmed past the Milan keeper, and late on, Danny Welbeck nodded home after Aaron Ramsey's header was palmed out by Donnarumma. European Cup Winners' Cup, leg one, October the 24th, 1979. Arsenal vs Magdeburg Arsenal, two, scored by Young and Sunderland. Magdeburg, one, scored by Pomerenke. Leg two, November the 7th, 1979. Magdeburg, two, scored by Streich and Starman. Arsenal, two, scored by Price and Brady. After goals from Willie Young and Alan Sunderland saw Arsenal edge past the East Germans in the first leg of the last 16 Cup Winners' Cup clash, Manager Terry Neal warned that the away leg would be tight, especially given that Magdeburg had nicked an away goal. So it proved in the city on the Elbe River. Substitute David Price thumped home the Arsenal opener after the Magdeburg keeper made a hash of a cross, but the home side equalised from the penalty spot after the referee harshly adjudged that fullback John Devine had fouled one of their attacking players. With Arsenal coming under increasing pressure from Magdeburg's forays forward, Gunners midfielder Graham Ricks surged into the opposition box, shaped to shoot, and squared the ball for midfield colleague Liam Brady, who slotted the ball home. Even then, Magdeburg didn't lie down, and with a raucous home crowd urging their boys in dark blue forward, they scored late on after Pat Jennings failed to hold a thumping free kick. But Arsenal survived their trip behind the Iron Curtain, held their nerve, and progressed to the quarter-finals. Europa League, leg one, March the 8th, 2018. Rennes vs Arsenal. Rennes, three, scored by Burigo, Monreal own goal, and Saar. Arsenal, one, scored by Iwobi. Leg two, March the 15th, 2018. Arsenal, 3, scored by Aubameyang, 2, and Maitland-Niles. Rennes, 0. Arsenal faced an uphill battle to reach the Europa League quarter-final after suffering a chastening defeat to a fluid Aquen side in France, despite Alex Iwobi giving Unai Emery's men a third-minute lead. 
Benjamin Burigo thundered home a Crane's equaliser near half-time, and after 65 minutes, a Nacho Monreal owned goal put Arsenal behind. With time running out, Ismaili Saar stooped to head home and put Arsenal in deep trouble. At Emirates Stadium a week later, Arsenal tore into their opponents from the off, with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang subbing home and Aaron Ramsey cross early on. Amesley Maitland Niles headed home and Aubameyang cross to make it 2-0, despite French protests that the ball had run out of play. Varane, roared on by passionate travelling support, went close to grabbing a crucial away goal on several occasions, before Aubameyang swept the ball home from a Seat Kolajdinak cross to finally put the tie beyond all doubt and give Arsenal a 4-3 aggregate win. Forward Arsenal, number 33, Matt Ryan. Arsenal Football Club prides itself on always looking forward, so we're asking our players to gaze into the future to see what's on the horizon. How far ahead do you plan your week? What does a typical week look like for you? Well, it all depends on the schedule and what games we have. We get a training schedule, so I will look at that, and when there are more opportunities to do extra work, then I will get myself into the gym to do some more strength work. But the schedule we have at the moment, it's more about just trying to stay fresh for the games. When I turn up to training, I know that Inaki and Mikel have got everything in place to make sure we have the right balance between getting the work done that we need to do and also keeping us fresh and prepared. What part of training do you most look forward to? Probably the day before match day. Match day is the best day of the week, so the final training session before the game is the best because it's all been building up to that. How far forward do you look at the fixture list? I have a browse so I know what games are coming up, but to be honest, all your focus is on the next game coming up. I need to make sure I'm prepared the best I can be in case I'm needed out on the pitch to contribute to the team. Looking further ahead, have you thought about what you might do at the end of your playing career? No, as a goalkeeper, I still feel I'm young enough to be fully focused on my playing career. Have I had some thoughts about what I might do afterwards? Maybe here and there. Something in the media, perhaps. Coaching I'm not too sure about. Maybe going home and monitoring my assets as well. I have to be honest and say I'm not too sure. I'm just focused on having the best playing career that I possibly can and cherishing every moment of that. I don't spend much time thinking about life after football yet. Have you thought about how long you would like to play until then? Well, 40 is a nice round number that I sort of look at, but ideally I'd like to go for as long as I can. That's why I make all the sacrifices that I do in terms of diet, sleep and professionalism. I want to prolong my career as long as possible, so I try to stay on top of all aspects of playing in order to do that. I'm happiest when I'm out there playing, so the longer I can keep that going, the better quality of life I will make for myself. But yeah, 40 at least would be nice to get to. Then I need to see how my body and mind are feeling at that moment. One thing life has taught me is that you never know what is round the corner. For example, if you had told me a year ago that I'd be here at Arsenal now, I'd never have believed you. 
So are you a person who has to plan for the next year, next five years, etc? Well, as I said, you let your mind wander at times to the future. But in a general sense, I'm much more focused on working day to day on bettering myself. Right now, I'm one of the goalkeepers here at Arsenal, but it would be great to improve my game time and play more for this club. So that's what I'm working on. You always want to be better. I've been an established Premier League goalkeeper and it's normal for everyone in any industry to try and get better. So for me, that's European football, Champions League, coupled with being a decide that plays at the very highest standard in one of the big leagues. Then on the international scene as well. That's playing in the big competitions. That's where I want to get to, so I push myself each day to try and get there. So it's a generic outlook, rather than anything more specific. Away from football, are you generally an organised person? Yeah, I guess I like to be organised. I don't like my life to be too up in the air. In the industry that I'm in, it's quite difficult to be spontaneous anyway. We've got a structured schedule, so you can't just go for a trip away or anything. Day to day, I make sure I get to bed on time, get enough sleep and look after my diet. I'm at peace with myself when I know I'm preparing my life as well as I can around my football. That's basically the reason I moved away from my friends, family and loved ones in Australia. It was for one reason, and that's football. So I feel I would be cheating myself or letting myself down if I strayed away from that. That's why everything is structured around my football. I do all my prep and work at training, then when I get home it's more about unwinding and relaxing. Sometimes that's by myself with the TV. Or it could be making a phone call or catching up with a friend over a coffee. If it's far enough away from the game, then it could be a game of golf or something like that. And having moved from Brighton recently, have you managed to get everything sorted away from the pitch? Yes, I've moved up here as it's too far to commute from Brighton. I live near the training ground. But there are challenges, because with the rules lately, we are not allowed to go out and meet with people. It's a nice quiet area to walk around where I am, but there's no coffee shops or anything like that nearby, so I'm generally just at home relaxing and watching some sport on TV. At night time Australia is just waking up, so that's when I contact my mum and family etc. That's the routine. Do you intend on returning to Australia after your playing career? Yes, that's home. I'm single at the moment, no family or girlfriend. So if my circumstances change, then things might change. But right at the moment, I definitely would be going back to Australia. Who knows? That could change as I get older, when I think more about what I want to do in the future. But right now, that's where I'd go. Finally, if you are told there's a spare seat on the next trip to the moon, would you go? Yes, for sure. For me, seeing is believing, and I love adventure doing things that not everyone has the luxury of seeing, getting your adrenaline going. So why wouldn't you go? Life's about getting out of your comfort zone, learning how to grow and develop, so I'd definitely love to go to the moon. In a dream world, what would be your next meal? A bowl of akai with plenty of peanut butter and granola. New car, an electric Porsche Taycan. Trophy you win, the World Cup. Thing you buy, PlayStation 5, holiday destination. That's tough. I could say somewhere I've been and liked, 
but I like to explore new places, so I will say Cancun in Mexico. New teammate. I'll say Nick Fitzgerald, above with Matt in 2013. He's an Australian player that I played with, one of my best friends growing up, and also a huge Arsenal fan. We used to get up together in the middle of the night to watch Arsenal games when we were younger. He's actually playing in India at the moment, so it would be great to have him with me at Arsenal. Olympiacos by Mike Hammond A little over a year after they knocked Arsenal out of the UEFA Europa League in the round of 32, in dramatic circumstances, Olympiacos returned to the Emirates Stadium, hoping that history will repeat itself and they will advance into the quarterfinals of the European Championship for the first time this century. The Greek champions have a mountain to climb. However, having lost the first leg to 3-1 in the dominant Gunners last week, the equaliser provided only temporary hope of a positive result. Few followers of either Olympiacos or Arsenal will forget the astonishing endeavourment of last season's tie with Al Arab's 120th minute strike with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's successant miss, enabling the visitors to go through on away goals. It was the Greek side's second successive win at the Emirates Stadium, followed their 3-2 success in the 2015-16 UEFA Champions League group stages, and they will be eager to complete a hat-trick tonight in a country where, historically, they have struggled. Indeed, it was Wolves who knocked Olympiacos out of the last season's round in 16, winning 1-0 at Molyneux after a 1-1 draw. And this season... Pedro Martin's side have already been to England and lost, going down 3-0 to Man City on match day three of the Champions League. It was one of the five defeats for the Greek champions in Group C, but the solitary win 1-0 at home to Marcel on match day one proved sufficient to take third place to a head-to-head above the French side, enabling Olympiacos to make their eighth appearance in the Europa League knockout phase. Whilst Arsenal came through a thrilling Round of 32 tie against Benfica, Olympiacos were doing likewise against PFV Eindhoven. Winners of the first leg, the Dutch club 4-2. They were 2-0 down in the return to their away goals, when, like Arsenal again, they struck late to turn the tie in their favour. Egypt international Ahmed Kokka Hassan making the 2-1 at Philip Stenyon, two minutes from time. Since their appearance in 1998-99 Champions League quarter-final, which they lost to Juventus, Olympiacos have been eliminated seven times out of the seven in the round of 16 stage and two European competitions. But whilst continental success has proved a constant source of frustration for the club, they remain the unrivaled top dogs in the domestic scene. Champions of Greece a record 45 times, with 28 Greek Cups added for good measure. They won the double in the 18th last season and are of course for another this term. With a 10-match Super League playoff round about to commence whilst Booster's seemingly unbeatable lead at the top and through the semi-finals of the Cup. A quarter-final place in the Europa League, however, will be arguably eclipse everything. Mutual admiration. Joel Campbell, now playing for Lyon and the Mexican top flight, arrived at Arsenal in 2011 and the talented teenage forward was sent out on a series of loans. 
as he gained a work permit including the season at Palace with Olympic Arcos in 2013-14 when he excelled, scoring 11 goals in 43 games. The highest was undoubtedly netting the second goal in the 2-0 win over Man United in the last 16 of the Champions League. His excellent season persuaded Arsene Wenger to give the Costa Rican an opportunity to fight for a first place at the Emirates Stadium. Over the next three seasons, punctuated on the loan of Villamoral, Campbell was in and around the first-team squad and the fans will recall a spell of three months in 2015-16 when he scored all of his four for the Gunners. In the 40 matches he played for Arsenal, his later career with the Gunners saw further loan spells at Sporting Lisbon and Real Bellis before moving permanently to Italy in 2018. Scouting Report by Michael Cox Pedro Martins is forward-thinking coach who likes his side to control possession and to alter his Olympiacos side lost 3-1 in the first leg, they will be forced to dominate at the Emirates this season. They need to score at least three times. Martin is a flexible tactician, but he's also likely to stick with the 4-2-3-1 formation in the first leg. Olympiacos were fluid and the three attacking midfielders gave licence to rotate their positions and the full-back arse to push forward. This did, however, leave space for Arsenal to break down the flanks, whilst the wide players didn't perform their defensive duties well. Hector Bellerin, Kieran Tierney provided the greatest attacking threat in the first half. Goalkeeper Joe Sa didn't cover himself for the glory of Martin's opener, but is generally a good shot stopper. Whilst Olympiacos and primary possession-based side, their goalkeeper distributes the ball long. In stark contrast to Arsenal's approach of playing out from the back, which has Olympiacos' main source of chances in the first game. Socrates is a familiar name, having spent two and a half years with Arsenal before departing in January. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang knows him well, also played alongside him at Dortmund. So will again look to drift out towards the left channel to test his speed. A late injury to Aba meant that Yana Mavilla, generally a tough-talking defensive midfielder, was forced to fill in at the back. The composer Ruben is another option, whilst Pepe Assist, who always caused header in the last season, was a regular on the first half of the campaign before being loaned to St Etienne. Mavilla is more comfortable in midfield from when he's capable of dominating the game. He's also scored four times so far in 2021 including the 4-2 victory over PSV. His partner is Andreas Bolalatkis, who sits deep and he plays passes towards the flanks. Mohamed Mandi Kamara played alongside him in the first leg, after M. Villa was forced to shift in defence, but it also played more of the advantage role. Out wide, Martins likes his full-backs to push forward. Kenny Lala provides down the flank, whilst Oleg Rache does the same thing on the left. Although he was withdrawn at half-time, this week with Hosted Hollis replacing him. His left-footed delivery is better and may be a threat in set pieces if he starts here. Georgius Marius, a winger comfortable on either flank, came into the side of the injury of a BA, with delivering crosses into the box. Although at 36 he lacks speed and the quicker Brummer, a threat to the counter-attack. Yosef Alib Alibi scored Olympiakos equaliser and he's in excellent form this season. Averaging a goal a game in the Greek Super League, he's capable of playing up front by himself and he's happy to act as a target for the long balls. 
Premier League match day 28, 4.30pm, Sunday, March the 14th at the Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 2, Tottenham Hotspur 1. First half. Despite seeing plenty of the ball, we didn't have a clear sight at goal until Emile Smith-Rowe rattled the crossbar with a fine attempt from 20 yards. Our dominance began to fade and we were punished on the half hour. Eric Lamela, an early replacement for Hyung Min's son, showed great technique to score inside the far post. The goal was very much against the run of play, but we kept pushing and hit the woodwork for a second time when Cedric latched onto a loose ball just outside the box and crashed his efforts against the upright. We deserved to be on terms and finally drew level late in the half through Martin Odegaard. Kieran Tierney got away down the left sent in a low cross which the Norwegians steered beyond Hugo Lloris via a deflection off Toby Alderweireld. Second half. Nicolas Pepe was introduced at the break and his wonderful pass to Alexandre Lacazette inside the box resulted in a penalty when the Frenchman was brought down. Referee Michael Oliver pointed to the spot and Lacquer himself dispatched. Lamela saw red for an elbow on Tierney but perversely, the visitors improved after going down to 10 men. Spurs piled on the late pressure, Harry Kane struck the post from a free kick, and Gabriel made a superb clearing header to keep out Sanchez's follow up strike to wrap up the win. The Arsenal Foundation, my story. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation's Emergency Covid Fund has helped The Winch, a local charity whose mission is to work with families to help each child succeed regardless of their circumstances. Deputy Play Manager Susan tells us how they have been supporting children through lockdown. I started working at the Winch seven years ago because I was captivated by their ethos and I shared their vision for future achievements. I was already qualified and had worked in the field, but I still wanted to learn more and help others along the way. My role includes delivering after-school services and holiday play schemes helping children to learn through play, supporting vulnerable children and families, and working alongside other services where necessary. A key part of the job is also to develop relationships and build trust with children and families. The Arsenal Foundation helped to fund a project that delivered play packs to 71 children from June to August 2020. The aim was to support mental and physical well-being as well as educational learning through play. We also held weekly well-being checks via one-to-one phone or video sessions, delivered workout sessions twice a week, supplied essential food packages to 20 families per week and held face-to-face sessions for 16 children and families from May to July. These took place in a COVID-secure outdoor environment enabling those most in need to remain connected to the real world. At first, when schools closed their doors last March, 
Many of our children didn't grasp the severity of the situation and saw it as a mini-half-term. Of course, they soon realised that not only could they not go to school, they couldn't go to the winch, see friends or family, play or do anything they thought they'd be able to do by not being at school. As time went on, many of our children were too scared to venture out. Children really struggled with online education too. Their normal routines were severely disrupted, and online learning wasn't what they were used to. COVID-19 had left children feeling very lonely, isolated, afraid, and filled with uncertainty. More than anything else, they just wanted to be with their friends. It was important that we continued to deliver learning experiences that children would enjoy while giving them the opportunity to remain connected with their friends. Through our online sessions, the children engaged in activities such as quizzes, problem-solving, guessing games, competitions and exercise. We saw them start to smile again and it was wonderful to see their joy. I do think it's so important for football clubs and their players to be involved locally and to help charities such as ourselves. Many of our children look up to footballers and knowing that their role model has their well-being in mind and has reached out to offer assistance can make all the difference in our children's lives. It can give them hope and inspire them to strive towards their goals to reach their full potential. For more info, visit thewinch.org. Developing strong young gunners. In this issue, Young Gun, Joel Adeo. Match reports, latest action. News. Hell end goes green. Remember, Costas Pilias. Stats, results and fixtures. Young Gun, Joel Ideo, talking to Aidan Small. Born, Tilburg, Netherlands, July 17th, 2003. Height and weight, 5 foot 7 inches and 69 kilograms. Position, winger, boots, puma, signed for Arsenal, summer 2020. I've only been here at Arsenal since last summer, but now that I'm settled in and really loving life in North London, I wanted to introduce myself to all you gooners out there. I grew up in Tilburg, Netherlands. My childhood was full of memories of hanging out on the streets with all of my friends, and it was really fun at the time. But it wasn't always a good way to be, and as time went on, I had to change and become a better person. Football was a big part of that. My dad has always been a massive football fan, and he was the reason I fell in love with the sport. I could see how passionate it made him, and as a seven-year-old, that's when I started to watch more and more football on TV and start learning about the sport. Street football was my introduction to the game, and it's a really important part of your development as a player in the Netherlands. In my opinion, street football is where you develop your technique at an early age and it's how you become a technical player. I think it's why Netherlands produces so many players like that. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're playing on concrete, stone or sand, you can play football anywhere. And learning to control the ball in different situations is really important. I actually started out as a goalkeeper when I joined my first Sunday league team. But over time I moved outfield, joined another Sunday team, and that's when I started to really grow as a player. 
I played with them for three years, until I was 13, and that's when I signed with my first academy, Willem II. I was so happy because the club was in my city. Everyone knows the club, and it was such a good chance for me to become a better player, with better facilities and better coaching. I spent the next four years of my career there until I eventually joined Ajax, but I only spent four months at the club, because that's when Arsenal came calling. I played a game in the youth league against FC Midchitland and chipped the keeper from 20 yards and that's when clubs started to show their interest in me. It's always nice hearing that clubs have belief in your talent but to find out that Arsenal were interested was amazing. I was so happy because Arsenal is such a big club with a great history and they've had some iconic Dutch players over the years too. Now, the first few months of the season were difficult for me I wasn't playing many games and that was hard for me, especially in the middle of this pandemic. But I'm picking up more minutes now, finding my flow and making more friends too. Scoring my first goal for the club last week felt amazing and now I'm just focused on scoring more, assisting more and helping the team in any way possible. That's the most important thing. Rate yourself. Scores out of 100. Speed, 90. Shooting, 78. Dribbling, 92. Strength, 67. Passing, 80. Defending, 40. Joel Ideo, lowdown. Earliest memory of football, playing street football. Got me into football, my dad. First footballer looked up to, Didier Drogba. Favourite old boots, Nike Mercurials. Best friend in football, Hafid Jahoui. Team supported as a child. Real Madrid Best goal of all time Ronaldinho Best goal I've scored My chip against FC Midgetland in the UEFA Youth League Best training ground tip I've been given Work hard and believe in yourself Best player I've faced Here at Arsenal Brooke Norton Coffey Best piece of skill I've done in a game Flip flap Best moment of my career so far Signing my first contract. One stadium I'd like to score in. Tottenham Stadium. One type of goal I'd like to score. More chips. A player to score a one-on-one to save my life. CR7. If I changed position, I would be a number 10. Favourite training drill. Small-sided matches. Me. Favourite footballer of all time. Didier Drogba. If I could be any footballer, past or present, Neymar. Most played Spotify artist, Brainer. Favourite follow on Instagram, Neymar. Favourite pre-match song, SFB, legendary. Best football attribute, dribbling. Arsenal legend I look up to most, Thierry Henry. Player who shaped my game most, always CR7. Best things about being at Arsenal. Everyone wants you to improve. Something not many people know about me. I'm a real family person. Under 18 Premier League South. Tuesday, March the 9th, Bodymore Heath Training Ground. Aston Villa, nil, Arsenal, nil. Arsenal under 18. Ejeheri, Norton Coffey, Foran, Oyegoke, Jeff Cott, Bandiera, Henry Francis, Hutchinson. Butler Oideji, substitute, Vigar, 46th minute. Ideo, substitute, 
Sago Jr., 76. Edwards. Substitutes not used. Mitchell. Ave. Charles Sago Jr. made his debut for our under-18s as we were held to a nil-nil draw by Aston Villa at Bodymore Heath Training Centre. Ken Gillard opted for three changes from our previous outing, with Ove Ejeri, Taylor Foran and Jules Ideo all returning to the starting eleven. The latter started brightly too, kick-starting a move from deep before picking out Amari Hutchinson, who saw his low effort kept out by the feet of Philippe Marshall. Villa's Paul Uppia then sent a header over the bar from an inviting corner delivery before Sebastian Ravan sent a curling effort just wide of the far post. Following the restart, Billy Vigar was introduced off the bench and came close to making an instant impact, racing behind Villa's defence and forcing Marshall into a save. Hutchinson, who remained a bright spot all afternoon, then went on to cut inside from the right and bend the ball just wide of the bottom corner. We had one last chance to secure all three points when Hutchinson fizzed a free kick across the face of goal, but Foran failed to make contact before Henry Jeffcott was denied by the post on the rebound. Premier League 2, Friday, March the 12th, Meadow Park. Arsenal 0, Blackburn Rovers 3. McBride, 29, penalty. Burns, 34-43. Arsenal under-23s. Okonkwo, Alibusu, Dinzei, Monlouis, Lopez, Aziz, Taylor Hart, Substitute, Akinola, 72nd minute, Nelson, Moller, Nicotia, Balogan, Substitute, Lewis, 73rd minute. Substitutes not used, Smith, Bola, Sirjan. Our under-23 slipped to a disappointing 3-0 defeat against Blackburn in the Premier League 2 last week. We made a fast start at Meadow Park and had the best chance of the opening exchanges when Miguel Aziz came close with a well-struck free kick from 25 yards. Our 18-year-old midfielder, who made his return from injury against Southampton last week, put in a fine individual performance on a frustrating night for Steve Bould's side. Despite our positive start, Conor McBride was gifted the chance to open the scoring just before the half-hour mark after being brought down by Ryan Alibusu inside the box. The referee pointed to the spot, and the Blackburn forward made no mistake from 12 yards, firing low and hard into the bottom left corner to give the visitors the lead. Things then went from bad to worse five minutes later. Sam Burns dispossessed Reese Nelson inside his own half before beating Arthur Okonkwo from close range to double Blackburn's lead. Burns wasn't finished there. He completed his brace before the interval, heading home McBride's cross to put the game out of reach for the Gunners. Despite a late flurry with chances falling to Nelson and Eddie Nicotier, we were unable to notch a late consolation, falling to our ninth defeat of the season. Under-18 Premier League South, Saturday, March 13, Lotus Training Centre. Norwich City 4, Springit 3, Dixon Peters, 14, 45, penalty, Kamara, 72, Arsenal, 1, Ideo, 81. Arsenal under 18, Gratzik, Norton Cuffey, Foran, Ave, Jeffcott, substitute, Edwards, 46th minute, 
Henry Francis, Bandiera, Adeo, Sirjan, Oigoke, Substitute, Ogungbo, 46th minute, Vigar, Substitute, Hutchinson, 61st minute, Subs not used, Mitchell Sago Jr. Joel Adejo scored his first goal for the under-18s, but we were beaten by Norwich City on the road. Ken Gillard's side came into this fixture without a league win in three matches, while the hosts had scored 14 goals in their last four appearances. Full of confidence, Norwich made a strong start and found themselves ahead after just three minutes, with Tony Springett cutting inside from the right and finding the far corner. Thomas Dixon-Peters then went on to double their advantage shortly after, converting at the far post following a searching delivery from John Rowe, before making it three on the stroke of half-time. Zach Awe was forced into making a last-ditch tackle that tripped Norwich's number ten, and Dixon-Peters duly converted from the spot too. Following the restart, Adeo looked sharp on the left wing, and he somehow saw his curling effort from 20 yards tipped behind for a corner. But with a quick switch of play and a direct run from Rao, Norwich were awarded their second penalty of the afternoon as Awe stepped in with a late challenge. Rao stepped up to convert from 12 yards, but he was denied by an outstanding double save from Hubert Grutzik. Abu Kamara went on to make it four with just 20 minutes remaining though, providing the finishing touch to a well-worked team move. Hideo reduced the deficit late on with an impressive dummy and composed finish, but it was ultimately too little too late. Academy News, going green at Hale End Academy. Alexei Rojas Fedoroshenko isn't your average 15-year-old. Not only is he a talented goalkeeper from our Hale End Academy, he's also been fighting to make the world a better place, one plastic bottle at a time. The club have been doing some great work in terms of sustainability at London Colney and Emirates Stadium, but Hale End, which is where the academy train, wasn't getting the same attention in terms of how we can improve it and make it more sustainable, Rogers told Sky Sports. I've been quite passionate about the topics of sustainability and the environment for many years, and here at Arsenal I've had the opportunity to voice that and use the platform Arsenal have to get my voice heard. I saw that, and thought we have to do something here. So when I joined the sustainability group last season, who meet every few months to voice any issues or concerns, I pitched my ideas about what we could do better at Hale End. And from there we've been cutting down on single-use plastic completely, and using recycling bins all around the place. Another big thing was wasting energy through the floodlights when people weren't there or using it. We've made really big improvements in terms of single-use packaging because we've swapped it out for compostable or biodegradable materials. Nobody uses single-use bottles anymore either. Everyone has their own bottle, and that's one thing the virus has actually helped with. Alexi has also provided some advice to first-team star Bukeo Saka who joined him on the interview to find out more about these positive changes at Hale End. As Bukeo's got such a big following, a lot of people look up to him, and I know I certainly do, Alexi said. So many people at the academy and my friends at school admire him, so my advice is to inspire others by having good actions 
and showing people that you're actively working to make the world a better place through sustainability or any other ways. People will follow on with what he's doing because they see him as a big role model. Academy alumni catching up with former Arsenal Academy players as they continue their pro careers away from the Emirates. Costas Pilias Defender Costas Pilias arrived at Arsenal from Cyprus as a first-year scholar for the start of the 2015-16 season, in the same intake as Eddie Nicotia and Joe Willock. He went on to play 17 under-18 Premier League games, scoring one goal, which was a memorable one, an equaliser away to Tottenham, setting up an eventful 4-2 victory for the Young Gunners. Costas also started six games in the under-23s before finishing his scholarship with Arsenal and heading home to Cyprus and one of their most famous clubs, Anorthosis Farmagusta, in Larnica in July 2017. For season 2018-19, he was sent out on loan to Hermes Aradipu, also in the Cypriot top tier, making 16 appearances. On returning to his parent club for last season, Costa struggled to make a mark back with Anorthosis, but has found himself in Taymor Ketsby's first-team squad for the majority of games this season, coming off the bench three times. Capped by Cyprus at all youth levels up to under-21 level, Costas is now 22 and will be hoping to make a first-team place his own sooner rather than later. Arsenal Women News and reports from England's most successful women's football team. Season-defining game tomorrow. Joe's team take on Man United tomorrow night at Meadow Park in what could well be the most important match of the season. Arsenal currently sit in fourth position in the Women's Super League table, six points behind Manchester United in third. The final position for qualification for the 21-22 UEFA Women's Champions League. The Gunners game in hand on United and a superior goal difference of plus 15, means a win for Arsenal would give them a huge boost for hopes for qualifying for Europa's Premier League club competition. In addition, Arsenal remaining five fixtures of the season will give them encouragement for a strong finish in the campaign, having already played Man City, Chelsea at home, and away in the Women's Super League season. Although, it will certainly not be taking any gains for granted in the league, becoming more competitive every single season. Significantly, United have already played both City and Chelsea home and away this season. The game kicks off at 6.30pm tomorrow and you can watch it live on Sky Sports 2. Good luck Gunners! Academy applications open for 2021. Would you like to play for the Arsenal? You can now apply for a place at the Women's Super League Academy, which supports talented female footballers to make the next step for the under 16s The Academy football is our first team. You can find out more details and apply by heading to the post from February 22nd on our news page at arsenal.com where you will also read about the alternative education programme with Oakland College. Good luck. Beth's Tun. Congratulations to Beth Mead who racked up her 100th Women's Super League appearance over the win with Birmingham City. Can't wait for the next century. Teams. 
for Arsenal. Manager Mikel Arteta. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and socks. 1. Bernd Leno, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 3. Kieran Tierney. 6. Gabriel. 7. Bokeo Saka. 8. Dani Ceballos. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 11. Martin Odegaard. 12. William. 13. Alex Runason, goalkeeper. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Cedric Suarez. 18. Thomas Partey. 19. Nicolas Pepe. 21. Callum Chambers. 22. Pablo Mori. 23. David Lewis. 24. Reese Nelson. 25. Mohamed Elneny. 30. Eddie Nketiah. 32. Emil Smith-Rowe. 33. Matt Ryan, goalkeeper. 34. Granit Xhaka. 35. Gabriel Martinelli. 38. Follerin Balogun. 41. Ben Cottrell. 66. Miguel Aziz. For Olympiacos, manager Pedro Martins. Blue shirts, shorts and socks. 1. Jose Saar, goalkeeper. 3. Ruben Semedo. 4. Mehdi Kamara. 5. Andreas Buchelakis. 6. Jan Mvila. 7. Kostas Fortunis. 9. Ahmed Hassan. 11. Yusef El Arabi. 14. Thanasis Andrutsos. 15. Socrates Papastathopoulos. 17. Marius Verosai. 19. Georgos Masuras. 21. Mohamed Draga. 24. Osenu Bar. 25. Jose Olibas. 27. Bruma. 28. Mathieu Valbuena. 34. Avram Papadopoulos. 44. Ilias Karagiris, goalkeeper. 45. Oleg Rybchuk. 72. Kenny Lila. 97. Lazar Andolovic. Match officials, all from Spain. Referee, Carlos del Quero Grande. Assistant referees, Juan Carlos Juste Jimenez. Roberto Alonso Hernandez. Fourth official, Jose Maria Sanchez Martinez. VAR, Juan Martinez Minera. Assistant VAR, Guillermo Cuadra Hernandez. Today's other fixtures, 5.55pm unless stated. Molde, nil, versus Granada, two. Dynamo Zagreb, nil, versus Tottenham Hotspur, two. Shakhtar Donetsk, nil, versus Roma, three. Rangers, one, versus Slavia Prague, one, 8pm. AC Milan, one, versus Manchester United, one, 8pm. Villarreal, 2, versus Dynamo Kiev, 0, 8 p.m. Young Boys, 0, versus Ajax, 3, 8 p.m. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Arsenal. Ready for Arsenal. This is family. New 2021 third kit. On sale in-store and online. Take your seat. Sky Sports. Feel it all. Arsenal are home. New 2020-21 home kit. On sale in store and online. Premier League, official Premier League app. Manage your fantasy team and receive the latest Premier League updates. Free to download. Download on the App Store, get it on Google Play. Available at Amazon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.